Things unabated. That's yeah. the new word, unabated. That's kind of too big a word. That's like mayonnaise. I'm assuming that's a bigger word. Hello, everybody, and welcome on into the Massey Peabody Ratings Breakdown Show each and every week here for Unabated.com. I'm Thomas Viola, and I'm joined by none other than Rufus Peabody of the Massey Peabody Breakdowns uh, Rating Scale so that we can talk about the NFL week that was and identify the risers and fallings in their rankings and how that might relate to this week's slate of games. So without further ado, Rufus, my friend, it was an interesting week here, especially because of something that you maybe really wouldn't expect to see, but the biggest faller in your rankings stays at the number one spot here. The Buffalo Bills, their rating this week, 7.19 7.19 points above a team on a neutral, uh, an average team on a neutral field. Last week, 8.31. They are your biggest faller, and yet they still remain at number one. Does that just highlight how much better this team is than everybody else right now? It does. And you know what's funny is this is their fourth straight week falling. Um, week yeah. eight, they were at 9.7. Week nine, down to 9.4. Week 10, 8.4. Week 11, 8.3. And now all the way down to seven. So, they're uh they're not going the right direction exactly at the moment, but they've set such a high bar. And if like if we look at, I mean, they're, so their their game grade this week actually was they were still better than they they were still they still played well. They did not play poorly. They would have beaten at most teams the way they played. But when you're the number one team, that that's not that's not gonna that's not gonna you know you the bar is higher. Exactly. Because as you talk about, this is all grading on a curve here. So if you're a good team that plays poorly against a bad team, you're going to lose more points here than, say, being a good team that plays poorly against another good team. Although the Minnesota Vikings, they did fall precipitously. They were the second biggest fallers down your rankings, despite the fact that they played Dallas this week. But they got absolutely shellacked by Dallas in this one. And you can see it in Dallas's uh rating this week now up a full point and a half almost over last week here. Does this mean you think Dallas is really for real? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've thought Dallas was pretty good all season. Um, and especially since Dak Prescott came back, uh, they, they were, they were dominant. Uh, well, basically on all sides of the ball. I mean, Dallas, they were really good on third downs, which is less going to be less predicted, but a lot of that's also being in manageable situations and and doubt because they were 12 for 17 on third down, for example, while Minnesota was one for 11. But but overall, play success wise, like Dallas rated like in the 96th percentile on offense and the 77th on defense, whereas which is including every down. Right. So play success is the ability uh, well, is looking at each play and whether that play was successful in increasing the team's uh, expected points that drive. So, you know, a first down run of five yards is going to be a successful play generally. Um, you know, on on going from second and five to third and one is successful. It, yeah. Um, going from second and five to third and four is not successful, right? So, um, yeah, Minnesota was just, I mean, what? They averaged 3.4 yards per play um, passing. Or no, yards per play overall, sorry. Three yards per pass. Like, yeah. Gave up 10.2 yards per pass to Dallas. Like it was just it, yeah. That they were they they threw a stinker in there, and clearly like they're not as bad as this, but they're. I mean, I think we've been saying for a while they're not an elite team. They've they've been they've had extremely good for, extreme good fortune to win uh, the number of close games they have this season, and so 
I mean, you could see what, what are they in the ratings now? Uh, Minnesota. Ooh, wow. Hot. You really have to scroll down here to see them down here at uh 18th in the rankings. Number 18. Now. Yeah. Minus 1.57 points uh, against an average team on a neutral. Which, which is wild because you see they're right above the Jets. And again, this is two teams with very positive records right now. The Jets 6-4, and four, the Vikings now 8-2, and two, if I have that right. Yeah, they're 8-2, yeah. and two, and yet just by the Peabody ratings, these are absolute frauds right here. Well, you know, it, on, on a scale, if we're grading the Jets on like a traditional like Jets curve, this is really good for the Jets. I'm, so. I'm, in, I'm at the Vikings. Yeah, like, but yes, Minnesota. Minnesota's a pretty average team, basically. That's that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little below average, actually. But they're I don't. They're going to be. I guess they they're a Super Bowl contender insofar as they're very likely to win that division, just because of where they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're likely to uh, to slot well in the playoffs. But um, the way the way they're currently constructed, you know, they're going to need a lot of good fortune. Now, how about Philadelphia? Because if you see here in the rankings, they actually increased their rating by 0.17 points here, despite the fact that it was a 17-16 win over the Colts. Um, again, you want to talk about another team here. They, they've, now, uh, they've now gotten the monkey off their back, of, so to speak, of having that first loss. They are 9-1 and one now, still ranking 7th on the Massey Peabody rankings, but... What do you think about this team moving forward? Do you think that maybe that this was a case of a team that peaked too early in the season or a team that just simply was getting a lot of luck going their way? Um, I think just like Minnesota, they've had a lot of they've had a lot of really uh, losable games basically that that happened to go their way. I mean, what they beat they they won um in the desert against the Cardinals by three. They, uh, I mean, they lost the commanders, of course, they beat the, they only beat the lions by three in in their opener. Um, I mean, so actually it's only really two close games. Um, and then the Colts game, of course, but I mean, what are their, what have they shown against top teams? I mean, they beat the Vikings, but the Vikings are not a top team. In my opinion, they did beat the Cowboys at home, but aside from that, they haven't really played any real elite teams. Let's say they beat the Steelers. They beat the Texans. They beat the commanders, the lions, the Jaguars, right? Um, they're, they're, they're a solid team. They're just not on the same level as some of these other teams. And yeah. And if, if, and remember, we're not going by win loss record here. We're going by how they actually played in the, in the sort of, uh, the metrics that are, that are shown to be predictive and repeatable. And the other thing, the factor in there is that maybe this is really going to be something that you want to look at come playoff time. When you see a couple of these teams like the Vikings going into some of these matchups against teams that might be a lower seed, but are higher up on the Peabody rankings and you could potentially spot some playoff edges. Yeah. Don't forget Massey though. He, he's, he's the headliner of the Massey Peabody ratings. Absolutely. I apologize. I apologize to Massey there for forgetting that, but let's talk about a team that we really can't forget about here. And that is none other than the San Francisco 49ers. It's not like they played the best opponent this week. Uh, Arizona with, uh, without Kyler Murray in the starting quarterback <laughs> spot ESPN did Colt McCoy absolutely dirty, showing his walk into the stadium on the broadcast right after Jimmy G. Uh, Jimmy G dressed in this really sharp pink suit, and then they switch over to Colt McCoy, who was in like this poncho kind of thing. Just hey, he's all football, man. He's all football. So he he's he's his focus is not going towards picking an outfit. 
That's very true, but unfortunately, it didn't look like his focus was really going towards winning that game. As How much on... was his fault? True, true, but it's Monday night, and you lose 38-10, to 10, and granted, he is the backup quarterback here, but the 49ers, you argue, played well in every facet of the game, which is really hard to disagree with, uh, and they rise up the power rankings almost two full, full points, Big a time. point and a half. Big time, yeah. They, they were... I mean, they were, yeah, they were dominant offensively, 90, 91st percentile in, in yards per play offense, 98th percentile in play success offense, 96th percentile in scoring efficiency offense, according to the game grades. Ooh, yes, which now we have up there. So you can kind of see what I'm looking at, actually. Um, and can I, Tom, can I kind of show, can I explain a little bit what people are looking at here? Yeah, please do. So these are these, are these grades. I basically translate their performance into a, a one game Massey Peabody rating as if we like, if, if we had no priors, I don't want to say no priors because we're grading the team relative to their opponent quality and, and controlling for home field. But then if we had that, that data and we assumed we knew nothing about the team going into the next week, we just had one week of that, just that one week. And um, it, it, we translate that to a Massey Peabody rating um, and a rating for these different metrics. And then, I convert that to a percentile versus historical baselines, basically. And so that's what we got. And so um, so you could see, for example, that the way San Francisco played against Arizona, we would expect them to beat an average team on a neutral field by 25 points. You know, the way Dallas played, they would have beat an average team in neutral field by 25 points as well. Well, slightly less, 25.1 mm-hmm. as opposed to 25.5. Um, so you can kind of see um, from this, which teams basically were lucky um, and which ones were good. Uh, to a certain extent. And so things, things such as like fumble luck, like turnovers are going to be, uh, are going to be a little bit l- um, less important in this. Mm-hmm. And so um, teams that, that were very fortunate in that department are, are not going to ne- just have really high game grades. Yeah. Um, and, and you can break that down. You can look at it a couple different ways here, because for example, take this Philadelphia Indianapolis game that we've already talked a bit about, <laughs> according to your metrics here, Philly would have beaten an average team on a neutral by 7.6 points as mm-hmm. opposed to of course the one point that they actually did win by they did have a lot of fumble bad luck in that game i i i, I do remember that for sure they? So, yeah they they had one play where aj brown straight up just dropped one he, he caught the pass and then just dropped the ball and that was a fumble that almost very very well nearly killed the game and come to think of it had they scored on that drive entirely probable that they win that game by perhaps seven points there so there you go right there <laughs> Yeah, they were they were not as good on on I mean, a lot of it's going to come down to um like how good you are in high leverage situations in terms of how well you actually do, your actual score differential. But but I mean, let's a good example is a team like let's say you have fourth and goal at the opposing team's one. Like that's a big swing whether you you score or not on that one play. Yet it's one play. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that play shouldn't get much more weight than a, than should get a little more weight because clearly like but it's it, it shouldn't have it shouldn't get the weight that sort of the leverage of it implies. Yeah. And, and you're, and you're talking also about like, it's, it's about the difference in significance of a play. Yeah. I mean, so some plays, I mean, there are plays that have huge impacts on the game. Yeah. But the point is in the rating system, those plays, the the weight of the play is not determined by the impact it has on the game as much as, you know, um, the situation. Right. Well, no, the, the, the impact of the game is based on the situation largely. So we de-weight like garbage time. We have a, a, a 
an algorithm that basically says uh, it's related to the leverage of the situation. Um, and so in the, it, and there's a point where sort of the weight tails off for garbage time, basically um, late in the game, but we're not waiting really high leverage plays more. Mm-hmm. That's my point. So um, just because a, just because one play just happened to be, you know, the, the game happened to be on the line on one play, that doesn't mean that we should value that play more than other plays in terms of assessing how good the team is and how well they played. I think that makes sense to me. And we can talk about that kind of in the vein of this Las Vegas versus Denver game here. Because if you look at Vegas, you look at their uh, yard uh, yard offensive rating, very high, 0.904 here. And then you go to their play success def- uh, defensively, 0.122. Now, even though it's play, uh, it's defensive play success, what you're talking about here, the red still means bad. We're talking about a team that uh, yep. didn't play well defensively here, despite the that- fact, and I don't think this is surprising about the Raiders since they are the Raiders, but they only allowed 16 points in the game. But the problem there and where you see that rating come into play here is because they allowed 16 points to Denver, who has been absolutely terrible on offense so far this season, right? That comes into play? Right. So you know how I'd read this? So let's look at Las Vegas on the defensive side. Okay. Um, overall, they they were slightly worse than average defensively, mm-hmm. but um, they were a little bit better than average on the yards defense rating, which ba- um, they were very bad on play success, which basically the combination of that means that they allowed um they were bad about allowing denver to stay on on track like to you know have third and shorts right yeah. to 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 actually stay ahead of the chains to use, to use sort of that expression yeah. um yeah. but they weren't allowing big plays they weren't allowing a lot of yards per play so they were they were allowing these sort of sustained drives um more um not necessarily allowing sustained drives they could have been really good they could have been really bad on first and second down play success or something and then just gotten stops when it mattered but um but then also but they then they were very good in terms of the scoring efficiency which means they were basically um they weren't the yards they allowed they were not translating into points that much for for um for denver that's so those right three i mean the, the the three together kind of paint a picture mm-hmm. of how they of how they played on the, overall so i mean the the place the scoring efficiency is basically just it's um Points allowed divided by yard yards allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, although we 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 subtract out fumble luck from that, so we basically give the team the amount of points they would have gotten, like the the points they they didn't actually cash into um, points on a drive if they fumbled, but we we give them that to to sort of eliminate the fumble luck aspect. That makes sense because fumbles it is the true mo- most random. Event fumble possible. recoveries yeah yeah there's no there's no persistent skill there yeah the only thing that i've seen that's amazed me and it happened again this week was there was an absolute blatant like easy to recover fumble for the jets in the patriots game and somehow the, the patriots end, end up on top of the ball like i feel like the jets just they they never managed to have that luck in the patriots games like the breaks always consistently go against them well the balls are deflated right yeah, and, and it's just, it, it's, you know, it's the essence of that game here. As we shift back into the rankings, though, Tennessee is another team that was big up on the rankings this week. They were the second biggest riser going more than 1.1 points <coughs> up, or just about 1.1 points up here in your in the rankings this week. 
and they really did put a hurting on Green Bay here. Is it time to finally, as we see Green Bay down there in 17th, just above Minnesota now, and 1.55 points lower than a team on a neutral, is it time to finally put the coffin in Green Bay, uh, nail in the coffin for Green Bay this season? Well, probably. I mean, just given their record, they're not they're not looking very good for a playoff spot, obviously, at this point. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they haven't they haven't been very good. But what's interesting with Tennessee, if you if you go back to the game grades, um, they were they were very basically they were great across the board in ter- on the per play things, the yards per play and the play success. But if you go over to the scoring efficiency, that's where they were kind of average, mm-hmm. a little bit better than average. If you scroll to the right a little bit, Tom. Yep. Uh, uh, there, you, you got one. You got one more column you're missing over there. Yeah, I, I'm aware. It's fit. beyond the purview. Okay. That's yeah, fine. Here, That's fine. Here, but I you can, can see the colors white. You can see the colors white there, not green, basically. So yeah, it's saying that Tennessee actually, like, what this is basically saying is that they they should have won by more than ten. They weren't good in the red zone slash. They, I mean, I don't know if that's what it was exactly. I can look, but but this is what it would tell me. They weren't good at actually converting what they did. Um, into actually into actual points they were mm-hmm. or, or they weren't they did it at about an average rate they weren't not a great rate or anything like that so um which is why the score you know th- they only won by 10 i guess and and despite the fact that they what we're saying is they played much better than that so um and if i look at like just pull up the game stats let's see 6.4 yards per play um to 4.6 they were um they turn the ball over once. So that's going to, that's going to be impactful there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's probably why. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that does make a lot of sense and you could see it in the way that game played out. And now maybe we can shift our focus ahead to this week a little bit here and look at some of these games that we've got coming up on the slate and specifically Tennessee here. They are going to be going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, as one-point underdogs here at home. And do the ratings have anything to say about where this maybe should be? Um, Tennessee against Cincinnati? Yeah. Well, um, basically, wait, who's at home? Wait, t- nah, I can't read that screen. It's so small. Tennessee's at home. Um, we So we basically think Tennessee should be a little less than a one-point underdog on a neutral field here. And so you add in home field, and you know they should be a slight favorite. Um like about a point favorite. And so that's, I mean, I, I would, I would like the Tennessee side a little bit, but given um, how much, you know, I, I don't think that's where that's enough. That's enough to merit a bet. Yeah. You're not looking at any particular edge there. Are there any, any games that you think might have a little bit of an edge? It is only Tuesday. Honestly, I haven't actually plugged in the whole, I haven't put in the whole um, slate in. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause honestly, my home field advantage varies off based on whether, I mean, whether a team's coming off of a home game, off of a road game, a few other things like that. You got to account for the buys. Buy adds about a point and a half. Teams coming off of um, extra rest, which is the case for Tennessee, because they played the Thursday game last week, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so so that actually should give them a little bit of a boost also. Um, but no, I haven't gone through this late, really. I just cranked out the ratings this morning and have been in meetings, it feels like, all day. So I certainly feel that well. Rufus, I think that that is going to do it for us here on the show today. A great breakdown of the ratings for this week. Um, The big headlines, of course, Buffalo continues to fall. San Francisco and Dallas, they continue their rise right now. And uh, Green Bay and Minnesota, probably not. Well, Green Bay certainly we don't think is very good, but Minnesota not as good as their record would state so far this week. 
Well, Tom, we, we think Minnesota and Green Bay are basically the same quality team. Exactly, which is very scary to think about right now. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, just given in the light of Green Bay and what they've failed to do this season, I, I'm telling you, Aaron so, Rodgers, quarterback of the Jets next season. We're not, I'm not in the business of predicting what's already happened. Yeah. We're, pretty, we're trying to predict what's going to happen. Exactly. How good a team is going forward. So, you know, it's like if you trade for somebody in fantasy, you're not trading for what they have already done mm-hmm. or a, team's, a team that signs a free agent. They're not paying for, you know, they shouldn't be paying for what the guys already accomplished. Although that's what the Orioles did when they signed Chris Davis to that massive deal back in like 2017. Yeah. But I'm not yeah. bitter. Um, yeah, you should be paying for future performance. So that's what we're trying to do, predict future performance here. Mm-hmm. And you know what? As I'm looking at these grades here, and I'm pulling up the uh, I'm pulling up the odds to compare, I do see a tiny bit of an edge here in Minnesota versus New England because if you switch over to the Peabody ratings here, the Massey Peabody, Ma- the ratings, Massey Peabody, Massey Peabody ratings, Massey Peabody, MP. You've got uh, New England is a two point six nine point favorite against uh, average on a neutral. You got Minnesota minus one point five seven, and it's only a two and a half point spread right now. There you go. All right, so I think that might be our pick New of the England. week here. Pick to click. There we go. And honestly, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like breaking it down qualitatively, Matthew Judon leading the league in sacks right now. It's it's shown that the teams that are beating the Vikings, the two of them that have done it, have done it because they've been able to get pressure to Kirk Cousins. And I think the Patriots are going to be able to do a lot of that. They certainly they certainly did to Zach Wilson. Yeah. Well. God, he's so terrible. That's what I want to end with here. Do you think that Zach Wilson is the quarterback next week? <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's 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 one of those tough ones because Salah, like, I mean, they're a playoff contender. They need to do what's best. They got to balance, like, try not to break the guy if they think he's actually the future of the franchise with with he, trying to win now. So it should be interesting. He's not the I mean, future of the franchise. Though. I don't think so. Yeah. But But you know what? They picked it like the admit it was the current administration that that picked him. And oftentimes you're judged and you you know, hired or fired depending on um, how those top picks perform. And so and the sad thing is all the other top picks for once are actually performing pretty well for the Jets right now. And yeah. I, jettison him. Honestly, do you have any what, numbers? What, what would Aaron Kessler say? Just shoot him. Str- no, no, no. You would say fire him into the sun, right? Fire him into the sun. But yeah. after we fire him into the sun, do you think statistically, like, would Joe Flacco make sense for this team right now? I mean, he's a statue. He is, but the offensive line is healthier now than it was in the first few weeks <laughs> when he was playing. You know, I, I personally, um, I'm not going to answer that question, but you think he makes more sense than Mike White? <sighs> My problem with Mike White is like, he's very much in that you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain area right now where he, he will forever be a folk hero for the Bengals game. But he's very, very close to like, if he comes into and starts the rest of the season, I think everybody's going to see, Oh yeah, there's a reason that this guy is a backup quarterback. Right. So I would say that there's not a huge difference among, Mm -hmm. among the three of the quarterbacks in terms of how I would rate them out. Yeah. Um, this is just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I have the numbers buried somewhere. Yeah. Well, if Mike White comes in and we make the playoffs, if the coin proves to be correct, and this is an AFC championship game season for the Jets, I'll buy that jersey. 
I'll buy a Mike the White. Co- the coin was wrong on all the other teams, though. We don't know There's that. There's a reason we're only hearing about the Jets. There's no way that a, someone did a, you know, flipped a coin for every game for the Jets this year and every game for the Cowboys last year. You're assuming none of the, the other same, games. You're assuming it's the same person. Well, guess what? You know what? If we had everybody in the world flip a coin, there would be someone that they wouldn't get every single game correct, but but there'd be someone that got a whole team correct. Yeah. Yeah, but Rufus, it's magic. <laughs> it's the magic of the coin. You have to account for the magic. Okay. Yeah. You sure. got to believe. Sure. <laughs> All right, guys, that I'll is going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for being with us. Don't forget, head on over to unabated.com. Get yourself signed up for a subscription because, hey, if you're a brand new user, your first month is going to be 50% off if you take advantage of our Black Friday deal. And of course, check out the rest of our shows here, all on the same podcast feed. If you're watching us in your podcast, in whatever your preferred podcast platform is, you're already set to go there for the Unabated Podcast. If you're listening to us on YouTube, check out all of the other awesome content that we have here for you. And of course, again, head on over to unabated.com. Follow us on Twitter at Unabated Sports. Follow the Instagram at Unabated Sports. And of course, check out Rufus Peabody at Rufus Peabody and on the Bet the Process podcast. And last but not least, seriously, guys, don't forget, like, subscribe, and share. Give us that five-star rating. Give us Or a four-star if you think we only deserve a four-star. That's no, fine. No, if you think... If you, no, if, no, if you think we deserve... We're, give us the rating you think we deserve. This is not a meritocracy, Rufus. This is about... Uh, this is a numbers game. Look, we're, we're fair people. Like, we, you know, if, if you think we deserve a four-star, give us a four-star. No, no. All right, well, that is going to do it for us here. Don't listen to Rufus. Only give us a five-star rating and review. If you like us, please tell your friends. If you don't like us, tell us what we can improve and also tell your enemies uh make them listen to us instead we appreciate uh all publicity here in the meantime that is going to do it we'll see you guys next episode and let's cash some tickets happy thanksgiving